Good to see you all here. My name is Christian. For those that don't know me, I'm the pastor with my wife Angie, who's doing kids today. So you will uh, see her later on, I'm sure. But I believe God's going to touch people today. Amen. Yeah, I believe that the power of God is in this room to make breakthroughs, to make things happen in people's lives. Today, the Spirit of God today is going to lift you. It's going to change you on the inside out. Amen? Amen. Yeah, good. This is what we're looking to see. We're looking to see changes. God wants to refresh today. He wants to recharge you today. He wants to restore you today. He wants you to take you to a new place in Him today. Are we in the mood for that? Good. That's good news then, because you're in the right place. If not, there's... uh, KFC's around the corner, and uh, you can have yourself a cheeky chicken burger. Anyway, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and land and seas, and jam, and toast, and Belgium, and lots of other things. He just got into it, didn't he? Peas, he even invented peas and broccoli, and things like that. Very, very nasty stuff, but also very good stuff for us to enjoy. Beaches, and he invented lots of excellent stuff. Across the course of his six days, very busy man, busy, busy. God, over the course of those six days, got involved with the big fish, little fish, and cardboard boxes. There was a lot of things that God did in those six days. And then, and then, once he'd done all of that, he got busy as a gardener. Did you know that? You're supposed to say yes, it's interactive. Did you know he was busy as a gardener? He planted a garden in Eden, all right? And he planted two trees. That's why they're there. He planted the tree of life. For that's for these people here, they get the tree of life. Well done if you're on this side of the room. You get the tree of life. Whee! If you're on this side of the room, you get the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Boo! That may come in useful for someone later, so I better leave it exactly there. Tree of knowledge and good and evil. That's what you get. Apologies for that. And he said, um, basically, you can eat what you can do whatever you want, apart from don't eat anything off this tree. Um, so what happened? We won't go into that. We'll come back to that later. Obviously, we, we need more education on the first three books of the Bible. But there we go. Anyway, God started it all off. He kicked it. The, board, the, uh, the world started turning, and you've got this garden with two trees in. Okay? Shall we read a scripture that seems completely unrelated? Uh, Galatians 5, verse 16, 17, and 18 are going to come up here. Uh, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Okay, so we're looking at, well, here's a little thing for you kids, by the way, before we go any further, we've got three kids. Never, t- never give them ammunition, which they can use on you later. I just, I just uh, recalled this story a while back, where um, I, um, I, I, I was, I'm trying to remember how many years ago, it was, it's, not, it's not really relevant, but I spoke to one of my, I think it was my eldest, James, and uh, he said uh, something along the lines of, you don't, get, uh, you, don't, you don't lose your rag with me that much, do you, or, or whatever. And I said, well, if I don't pray much, if I don't spend much time with God, then I do get a little bit impatient, do get a bit cranky. When, when I'm like that. And, um, and, and I, th- I just left it at that. I left it at that. And then a bit later, I obviously got cranky. Um, and, uh, and so I've now armed him with this, completely unrelated. He goes um, back to me, Dad, have you spent much time with Jesus lately? 
So there's a little bit of a warning for you. Never give your kids ammunition before you do anything because, uh, yeah, it's good. Keep yourself accountable, though, so maybe you should. But today, we're going to learn and we're going to know furthermore how to walk in the Spirit. And, um, and that's what I've entitled this. But it's basically something which is fundamental to the Christian walk. Um, and if we learn how to do it to a greater degree and a greater degree more and more, then we get more and more so into knowing how to walk like Jesus. And we can take our next step on in our journey with God because every single one of us needs to take a step on. And we're all in different places. Some of us uh, are in places where we're, we're very happy where we are, but there's still a step to take on. Others of us, we don't know where we are right now, but there's always a step further to take. That's always where we do. And the Holy Spirit will always meet us exactly where we are and teach us how to move on and how to walk in Him. Now, walking in the Spirit, um, I'm, I will define very loosely at the moment, would be where we are filled, we're fueled by Him, and we're led by Him. All right, so it's being fueled by the Spirit and it's being led by the Spirit. So this is really where I'm talking about it. When I'm talking about walking in the Spirit, where we are allowing ourselves to be fueled by Him and where we're being led by Him, bit by bit by bit, in our steps with God. So it's where He is our life, it's where He is our energy, it's where He is our vitality, and it's where He directs our steps in the day to day living that we have. So we have a choice. Every single day, we can rely on our own efforts, we can rely on our own strength, we can rely on our own wisdom and our own way of doing things, or we can depend on the Holy Spirit. Now, on my own, on my own strength, on my own energy, whatever way you want to look at it, I find prayer quite hard, I'll be honest with you, that that would be very difficult. I get cranky easy, as I've already mentioned. That would be very, very, the first thing to go, actually, if I know that I've, I've not been dependent on the Spirit. I get grumpy. If I'm not, you know, no, no amount of comedy TV can help if I'm not walking in the spirit. It doesn't, it doesn't do the job. Um, and um, it, it's, it's really, if I have to listen to We Don't Talk About Bruno, no, no, another time, then that, you know, I get my hair off. As you can see, that's been a lot recently. There. If you don't actually have Disney Plus, you have a clue what I'm talking about. But uh, <laughs> it's not a bad song, you can watch it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that life gets heavy, life gets drained, and, and that's where things get really, really difficult. Anything that I do for God, anything that I do for others becomes like duty. Anything that I do there becomes lifeless, and that there is life on my own efforts. It's horrible. It's not a nice place, and it's a place which I seem to frequent too often. But we're talking about walking in the spirit, not walking in the flesh. So let's have a look at walking in the Spirit. Let's see what difference it actually makes. All right, so what difference does the Holy Spirit and walking in the Holy Spirit make? So we go to Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. We look at what the fruit of the Spirit actually is. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, as it would say in some translations, or long-suffering, which sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? Um, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit is a, what happens. It's just a natural outflowing of us walking in God's Spirit. So with the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through us, all of those things are more and more evident in our own lives. So we will have more joy. We will be happier people. 
There's a benefit. If I was trying to sell walking in the Spirit to you right now, I could, I could finish there, I think. You would be happier straight away. Thank you. Right. We have one person that's still listening. You would be more positive. You would be having... And this is what happens. You have a brighter outlook on life. You're more resilient to the things that come against you. You have a more, more, you know, an optimism about life, I would imagine, uh, would be a good way of saying it. But that's the, that's the joy. It's an inner joy. It's not reliant on what's going on on the outside. Yes. This is important. We understand that, that all of that fruit there is not dependent on your life being perfect. None of it is. You can have a nasty few circumstances going on in your life, but we can just have an inner joy that gets more and more and more completed inside of us. As Paul was talking about earlier on, almost as if we talked about it, which we didn't. Um, peace and inner calm, all right? You used to have that little book of calm. Do you remember a few years back? Yeah. I never read it. I don't know what it was in, was in there. But it's in a, an inner peace, an inner peace. Again, independent from circumstances. So the stresses and the anxieties and the fears that can come at us don't actually have to impact us because the peace of God, which passes all understanding, is keeping our hearts and our minds secure in Christ Jesus. That sounds good. Are you getting into this yet? Do you think it's a good idea? I thought it was a good idea. Anyway, there we are. Patience. Patience, yeah, but who would like a bit more patience? Let's have a handshake. So a few, few of you have got enough already. Well, that's all right. Well done if you've already got enough. You're doing well. I used to, have, I used to be very patient, um, and then I had kids. It, it, it does change. <laughs> it has changed. But if you're walking in the Spirit, you can, you can handle, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can handle the things that are coming at you again and again and again. Once walking in the Spirit, we're relying on God's patience inside of us. Not our own patience. That's good. All right? Because my own patience has its limits. But God's patience is limitless. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it, you could be having your worst day at work. Or the worst day that goes on. Yeah, the worst day that you can imagine. But with God's patience, with all the stresses that are coming at you again and again and again, God's patience never runs dry. So you can continually have a, that supply of patience. You can keep on going and keep on going and keep on going, and it won't touch the inside of you, all right? There is the core of you that's still not being affected by it. I've not, I didn't start with love. I should have started with love, really, because of all of them, it's the first one, and it's the most important one in my mind because it's about our relationships, relationships with God and relationships with each other. So as the fruit of the Spirit is more and more prevalent in our lives, then we're hitting the first two commandments straight away. But I would say that the more I'm putting God first, the more I'm drawing from God, the more my relationship with my wife, with my kids, with my friends, with, with everybody, is far, far better. It goes so much better. Yes? So think on these things here. That, again, a great selling point. I'm trying to be a salesman from the front here. Please, walk in the Spirit. Be filled with and, and, and we could go on with that list there. Gentleness doesn't appeal to me that much for some reason. I don't know why it's from the north, possibly. But I think you, you guys are doing a very good job being gentle. I need to learn it still, obviously. But you can't go wrong with that list. Kindness, goodness. I mean, all of that list there. I won't go on with it. But all of those things are really positive personal benefits through being walking in the Spirit, as we'll have the fruit of the Spirit to become more and more evident. I did mention also 
within this about being led by the Spirit. Now, so far, I've just been talking about the whole thing about being fueled by him. And there is an element that we must, must look at here by allowing ourselves to be led, being prompted by an inner voice inside that directs us away from temptations, that directs us away from sin and wrong choices and harmful decisions and into obedience and into the right choices and into the things which are good for our soul and into the decisions which are good for the kingdom of God. Okay? So that's being led by the Spirit. So there's walking and being led by the Spirit, and the two things go hand in hand. But as being led by him, it's here that we find the desire and the power to be obedient. It's where we find the desire and the power to live for God with joy, that you want to do it, not that you have to do it. I'm not going to stand up here and say, this is what you have to do for God. You better get on and do it. Because that's not what God wants. That's not what a marriage should be about, really, is it? Good. That's the right answer. Well done. That's not what a marriage should be about, right? Do it because I said to do it. All right, yeah, yeah. Okay, if you left the toilet seat up again, right? It shouldn't be about being nagged into doing it by God. It should be desiring to bless the person. Yes? Are you with me? Desiring to bless God. You want to bless them. And so out of that desire, you choose to do what they want you to do. You choose to do what God wants us to do. Okay, are we good with that? This is where you're still looking suspicious at me here. This is all all right, honestly. (laughs) Um, So that's the benefits, the personal benefits. Okay, there are benefits to others as well. And let's have a look at tying two verses together, uh, one from the New Testament, one from the Old. So um, in John 7, verse 37 and 8, it says the following. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Okay, now what he was referring to there um, was the Holy Spirit. Okay, so rivers of living water will flow from within them. Now, if you go back to where it talks about rivers, again, in the Old Testament, Ezekiel 47 is a very, very powerful set of verses. I'm just, I haven't got time to read the whole chapter, but I'll just pick out a few verses. So it says here, In my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. There I saw a stream. It starts off a stream, it becomes a river the further it goes. That's a different Bible study. But there I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple. And now, don't forget, we are now the temple of God, not this. But it's important that we make that reference. Um, Verse 8 says, Then he said to me, The river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow among both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall. And there will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month. 
for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for healing. Okay, now there's a lot of verses in there, but there's a few that I just wanted to pull right out of that. Verse 9, life will flourish. Life will flourish wherever this water, wherever the water of the Holy Spirit goes. Get that, first of all. Verse 12, always bearing fruit, bringing healing. Going backwards a little bit further, wherever the water flows, will be making dead things live again. Now, you've got a lot going on there, but it says very clearly that whatever this river... Interestingly, if you want a little bit of geography and history... Jerusalem is the only ancient city, according to my research, that was not built on a river. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, there was no river in Jerusalem. Anyway, moving on. So this river is obviously metaphorical, but it's representing the Holy Spirit as we fast forward into the New Testament. And so looking at what Jesus said, that anyone who believes will have the river of the, of the Holy Spirit flowing through me, rivers of living water flowing through me, and then... Going back to this, this is crucial. With the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through us, we can change the very atmosphere of people around us. Think about that for a second. With the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through us, we can change the atmosphere around us. That was what was happening in Ezekiel 47. Everything that's going on is being made alive, it's flourishing, it's being brought good, it's healing things. Everything is coming back to life. Everything that was sick is getting healed. Everything that was down and out is getting up and feeling good about itself once again. With the power that lives inside each one of us, we can change the world around us. Hey, brilliant. That's good news. We can bring life where there was once darkness and despair. We can bring restoration to relationships. We can bring hope to the hopeless. We can bring healing to the sick. We can bring peace to the anxious and the fearful. We can bring grace and truth to those caught up in lies. Amen? That's good news. And that's inside of you right now. Right now, that's flowing through you. Okay? That is the truth. And it's important. More important than any of that, we can bring back prodigals and we can bring back the lost. Yes? Because that's what a big part of that was. Fishermen will fish and they will bring back big nets of fish. I didn't read that, but now you can do your homework on Ezekiel 47. But there's a huge part of that is allowing the Spirit of God to touch other people, to touch the lost, to touch the prodigals, and to see them come back, to see people come to God. Yeah? As you walk into your spheres of influence tomorrow or today or wherever it is you go, remember that you are creating and changing the atmosphere around you. When you walk into a place, you will change that place. The very presence of God walks in with you. And I know you say, well, he's omnipresent anyway. Yes, I get that. But there's something more going on now because the Spirit of God is flowing through you and you can't help that. It will change, he will change people around you. Have you seen that happen yet in your lives? Have you come across these things where people start modifying their behavior around you and they don't even know they're doing it sometimes, but they're just coming into contact with God. They're coming into contact with something they never really fully understood it before. 
There are things that can change in people and things that do change. And I don't think we're fully aware of what's going on a lot of the time. But we will bring change wherever we go because of who is flowing through us. That there is a huge, huge point. So be aware of who you are in Christ. Be aware of who lives in you. Be aware of how powerful he is. And be aware of what he's doing, not just in you, but also through you into the people that you interact with on a regular basis. Okay. If I just let you out the door now, which I know a lot of you want to go. It would be nasty and naughty of me to do. Because we need to actually see how to practically apply all of what I've just said. So where does all of this start? It starts in one massive, massive, massive truth. But let's ask a question first. There are about 150 places in the Bible where it says, do not be afraid, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. It keeps on going on, no, 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 no. And two places, well, not two places, but two times we are told to fear. Ooh, that's interesting, isn't it? Bible studies, they're fun. We are told to fear. What are we told? One's dead obvious. Come on, you've got to give me one. That's really obvious. Fear what? Fear of the Lord. Lord, All right, fear God. You know, don't be scared of him, but it's reverence. It's holy reverence. Okay. Do you know what the other one is? Oh, you were straight up. (laughs) Very good. Maybe, Maybe you win. Maybe you win. Go on. I would still have gone with the fear, fear God bit there, and that was close. <laughs> but not close enough, sorry. <laughs> just, just uh, yeah. Sorry? Fear evil. Fear evil. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, so we've mentioned a wife. Now, I've not seen that yet, but. I might take some time. Hang on. <laughs> um, I, I'll be honest with you, I've not read... Fi- go on. Um, is that why he's saying it? She might be watching online. I'll have to see what comes out in the chat in a minute. Um, it may say... I tell you what, I've not read that. I'll be fair with you. So I may give you this. I may, yeah, because, you know, I, I thought we didn't have to fear evil, personally speaking. Um, so uh, we'll have a doctrinal discussion later. Um, the play, now, it's only if you've got a King James or a New King James. Hebrews 4, verse 1. Is what it says, is where it mentions to fear. It could be translated extremely careful, but it basically says this um, Since a Sabbath day rest, rest still is there for us, let us fear, let us fear, is what it says in the New King James, lest we fall short of it. Now, we will say in other translations, let's be extremely careful. Um, you get the point. You're not supposed to be scared, but the point of the verse is to say, Resting in God is incredibly important. All right, so that's Hebrews 4. Now, if you read Hebrews 4, it's not going to come up on there, but Hebrews 4 is all about resting in God. It's all about making sure you rest in Jesus, resting in him, resting in his spirit. So this practicality, this application to everything we're talking about of having the spirit of God flowing in us and flowing through us starts in us resting in him, starts in that. So the point of the author of Hebrews was saying we need to start in the finished works of Jesus. We need to start in resting in the finished works of Jesus. Does that make sense? That's our starting point. Start in the rest that we're already saved, start in the rest that we're already accepted, start in the rest 
that he's already got us and we're already acceptable in his sight. Got it? Rest is our crucial, crucial thing. And so that when you go through Hebrews 4, um, you will, yeah, you know, if you, if you look at it uh, closely, it will talk about rest and coming into um, a resting God with faith. Now, we come back to our two trees because they've been there for a while and we've not really looked at them. So we'll have a look at this then. Yes, this was the tree of life. Yay, very good. This, this there, I'm relying on that at the moment. This here represented, I don't know, did you ever wonder why they weren't allowed to eat off this tree? It's a bit, do you ever read that and go, what's wrong with that? It's only knowledge. What's wrong with knowledge? Do you know what I mean? Knowledge is power. There's not what's wrong with that. I did what I wanted that for a long time. Tree of life represents Jesus. Don't know if you knew that. Okay? So that's what a lot of commentators would say. Tree of life represented Jesus. Because we talked about the river of life. We talked about, you know, you'll see the water of life. You'll talk about life in all of its fullness. This tree represented Jesus. So when it was planted, it's effectively God saying, you can choose Jesus. You can choose relationship with me. They already had it to a degree, but a dependent. This one awakened them up. It gave them the ability, if you like, to know good and evil. All right? It gave them, and this is important, what the devil says to him is, or the devil says to Eve, actually, is, you will be like God, which is the big lie. You will be like God. But effectively, what's being sold is, you will have the moral ability now, or the ability to make moral choices, that's what, that was what this tree represented. You'll have the ability to choose now what's right and what's wrong for your life. You'll have the ability to choose what's good and what's evil. You'll have the ability to choose whether it's good for you or evil for you. You will have the ability now, without going to God, you don't need to talk to God about this stuff anymore. You can just choose for yourself. That was what was on offer. And that there why it was why it wasn't right. It was a choice between dependence on Jesus and independence from God. That was the, the deal. And so the lie that was sold was, life will be so much better if you chose away from him because you get to choose to do whatever you want all the time. You can choose whether it's right, whether it's wrong. You can choose whether it's good or it's bad for you. It's your choice now. Yeah? Now, when I was a little bit younger, so much younger than today, when I was a little bit younger, I used to think, I nearly went to the Friends theme tune then. When I, when I, I used to think, look, man, Adam really messed up. Yeah, because he did, didn't he? I mean, he blew it for everybody. He really did. If I was Adam, I would not have taken that fruit. That's just mental. You can do whatever you want apart from one thing. I mean, he's blown it for the world. Look at the state of the world. He's blown it. Just this one action. Come on. I, I, do you know, in heaven, there is a, there's a barbed wire fence around Adam and Eve. Because <laughs> everyone's so annoyed with them. But like, this, this is the thing. That's a lie, but that's heretical. Don't, I wasn't messing <laughs> It's not real. It's not, that wasn't true. Um, if you're thinking everything I'm saying there is. So basically, you take off this, off this here. I think that's an easy thing, really. You can eat off any tree. You can eat off anything at all. Only one you're not allowed. Only one. Yet, I realized more recently that those two trees exist for us even now. Every single day, those trees are still there. I can choose 
today, whether I feed and I listen and I go to Jesus for my wisdom, I go to Jesus to be fueled up, I go to Jesus for my decisions, or I can choose today whether I think I know the best. I go to this tree here and, and it's a choice between me and Jesus every single day of my life. It's a choice between whether I go to him to be fueled up and feed off him or I feed off me and I choose what to do all the time and I decide for myself because I'm a pretty intelligent bloke, I think. <laughs> Don't make a comment. <laughs> you get the point. The first emotion recorded after that fruit was taken off that tree was what? Do you know? Fear. Fear was the first thing. Fear entered the world straight away when the fruit was taken off that tree. You don't have to travel a few more verses into chapter 4 and then murder's taking place. It went downhill pretty quickly after that one. I'm kind of thinking it wasn't a good decision in any case. But there we are. Tree of life is Jesus. Tree of knowledge of good and evil is a choice for us, a choice to do whatever we want to do with our life. And if you're not a Christian here today or you're watching online, that choice is yours as well. It's a choice whether you wish to live your life with him or without him. A choice where you can live a life where the fruit of the Spirit, which is what we were talking about before, peace, love, joy, goodness, kindness is yours. Or it's a choice where we can live an independent one where we get to choose to do whatever we want. But unfortunately, the emotions that are grabbed with that are not as pleasant. And we'll give you a choice at the end whether you wish to come to know him better at the, um, at the close of the meeting. It's important that I, I don't leave you there, actually, as much as that's important. Because it is also true that we can feel that we need to earn the Holy Spirit. We can feel that we need to be in a place where we, we have to earn enough brownie points with God. We need to pray a lot. We need to do whatever. We need to make sure that... I think it's very easy to think, if I do these things, then I will be closer to God. If I do X, Y, and Z, if I read my Bible loads, if I pray loads, if I witness loads, whatever it is that you've made your law about, it's very easy to think that that's how we, we do this. Galatians 3, verse 5, is a very interesting verse, and it, he goes right in on this, Paul, on this. He says, therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Um, so he was talking to a church that was getting very much into do the law, do the law, do the law. That's obviously the Jewish law, but we can make our own law and you can do whatever you want and think, I have to earn the Holy Spirit. I have to earn to be able to get anything from God here. Supplies. Now, if we actually look at the word in Greek... It's present tense and it's active. So effectively, what that is saying is that he is constantly, God is constantly, actively supplying his Holy Spirit to you right now. Present tense, right now. That's happening right now. All right, whether you feel it or not, whether you feel him or not, he's constantly and actively pouring out his Spirit, supplying his Spirit to you again and again and again. We had a song, wave after wave. But that's what's happening all the time, okay? Every single time. I'm not going to go into it, but in Ephesians 5, it says, Do not be drunk on wine, but be filled by the Spirit. That word, that verse, is directed at us. And the verb there is a passive tense, which is permissive. Okay? 
So if we connect those two together, God is the active one doing all the work in supplying his spirit, and our job is literally to permit him in. And that's the way round it is. We are not trying to do lots of things to earn our favor or to earn his spirit or to get ourselves in the zone or whatever it is that's your favorite phrase to do that because that's not how it works. Our job to rest in God is literally to say yes to him, to say I allow you, I give you permission to actively supply your spirit to me. And he's always doing it. You're going to see a picture of me in my Speedos in a minute. Uh, that's me uh, yesterday. <laughs> receiving the Holy Spirit, metaphorically, obviously. There you go. Shh. <laughs> I was hoping no one would notice. But no, it's just a picture, obviously. But it's a picture that helps us to, to give a feel of what's going on. That the Spirit of God is constantly coming at us. Okay, and all obviously flowing through us. So, you know, you're, you're in a, a waterfall, if you like, of his spirit, and then rivers of that living water are flowing through you and affecting the world that you live in. Yes, does that make sense? Which is why I picked that picture, because what comes into you refreshes you, but it also refreshes and changes the world. Got it? That's important. That's why, you know, forget the picture of me. Yeah, what's going on in between that is really, really crucial. Okay, so see that now. And it's imperative that we spend time resting in God's spirit. Because as we do that, as we rest in his spirit, he recharges us on the inside. We allow him in. Are we soaking him as we recharge? Then it leads to us producing fruit out in the world. And that there is the preach in a nutshell. Rest in God, recharge on the inside, and then allow fruit to be born. It will just happen naturally, supernaturally, as you go out front-footed to make a difference with the people that you come into contact with. Okay? But it's crucial. It starts with rest. It does not start with us trying. We have to start at the beginning, which is resting in Jesus. And as we rest in Jesus, then we're recharged, and then we're going out to make a difference. If we're running on empty, we'll not make much of a difference around the world. It has to start with us spending time with Jesus and allowing him close, allowing him in, and soaking in him. Okay? So, um, so today, decide to put time aside in your day, in your day-to-day -day life, to rest in his spirit, to eat off this tree, to do what is right. Because it's so easy just to roll out of bed and, and forget everything and just to get straight in the day. Soak him in and let him do the work.